0: Welcome back to the Fenway Rundown podcast presented by Mass Live. I'm Chris Cattillo. on a snowy Tuesday in Massachusetts. Lucky for me, I'm not in Massachusetts, but I hope all of you are enjoying that. Uh, I feel like I could gloat because it hasn't been a tough winter at all, so um, don't feel too bad about it. Chris Smith will join us again. He is home in Massachusetts and de- enjoying a snow day with the family, I'm sure. We're going to talk about a Red Sox roster projection. We write them on the site all the time. We decided we'd do it a little differently this time and come to you with a podcast version of it. We're going to each pick our 26-man groups that are going to leave Fort Myers with the Red Sox for opening day at the end of the month, uh, end of next month, I guess, technically, as we record this on February 28th. Some battles still left to be determined. Obviously, the health of the rotation, big question mark. Bullpen spots still to be given out. Tanner Houck, does he fit in? The catching situation, Jorge Alfaro, is he going to compete for a spot against Reese McGuire and Connor Wong? What will they do with Bobby Dahlbeck? A lot of questions to answer. We'll try to get to them in the next 35 minutes or so. Appreciate you listening. And uh, here's our roster projection as things stand now. Chris Smith is back home in snowy Massachusetts after two weeks in Florida. I have not made it all the way home yet. Uh, Did a nice on-purpose 72-hour layover in North Carolina to see some friends in Charlotte. So not getting hit with the snow down here. Uh, Trying to avoid it until tomorrow when I make my triumphant return home our first stint in spring training is over. Obviously, the last two weeks on this show, we've talked about takeaways, uh, some of the stories that we've done, some of the things that have happened, talked about uh, some impressions from being down there at Fenway South, and obviously, tons and tons of content on masslive.com, um, kind of in that vein. Thought we'd do something a little more structured this week and get into uh, an audio version of a roster projection. Those are kind of more some of the The fun things we do this time of year, projecting the opening day roster for the Red Sox, 26 guys are going to break camp with the Red Sox in Fort Myers at the end of March and go north, face the Orioles at Fenway Park on March 30th. Um, We're not sure exactly who those 26 are going to be at this point. There's still a month to go before then, but we're going to try to take a a crack at who that's going to be. So 26 spots are available. Um, Let's say five in the rotation, probably uh, eight in the bullpen and then we'll get to the positional mix after that. I think there are some competitions on this roster. There are some competitions on this team. Chris Smith will turn the floor over to you. Seven guys going for five rotation spots. Everybody knows who they are. Opening day, who will the five starters for the Boston Red Sox be? Well, they're not all going to play on opening day, but you know what I mean.
1: Oh, well, they aren't? I thought they were all going to pitch on the same day. Yeah, they're going to do a, bowl, a unique full they... game. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought maybe, yeah, okay. Uh, Chris Sale hmm You have him? I do. Yes. I think Chris is sale is
0: uh uh he's probably your opening day starter as long as he's healthy. All right, James Paxton. Yep. I apparently uh Rob Bradford tweeted James Paxton. Pack- Alex Goris said one guy who's really stood out to him and popped in camp so far, James Paxton. So that's a good
1: sign. Where is Rob Bradford? I thought he was in Arizona. How did you he hear he's that? He's back in Jupiter. He's doing calling the game tonight against the oh, Okay. Yeah. Uh Corey Kluber. I think that's a safe bet. That's three. Um, all right, Corey Kluber. Uh, Nick Pavetta. Nick Pavetta.
0: We'll get into a little bit on Nick Pavetta there. I have him in this group right now. And last but not least, a guy
1: with some forearm soreness in the last couple of weeks, maybe. Um, So that's up in the air, I guess. You know, with Baio, he has the forearm soreness, or as he likes to call it, tightness. So, like, you know, with him like that, maybe help.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's, you're going to go with Hauk. Is that your official proclamation? Yeah, I'll go with Hauk. I think Bayo's going to be ready. The fact that he's already throwing off a mound, he's already restarted his progression to me. Points toward opening day, I usually say, you know, they always err on the side of caution. There's always, if there's any injury, red flag at all. You know, that guy's not going to be on the opening day roster and he's going to be, you know, in Fort Myers. And I think the notable guy we both left off in light of the news this week is Garrett Whitlock, who's still um, working his way back from the hip surgery he had at the end of September, There have been no uh, red flags in terms of, like, you know, setbacks or anything like that. It's just part of the progression, and and Garrett Whitlock has not gotten to a place where he's fully cleared to move around, do pitchers' fielding practice, any of that stuff. For that reason, it seems like the Red Sox have a plan, and that plan might have him returning, like, April 5th, April 10th. Not like he's going to be missing a lot of time here, but it just seems to me, reading the tea leaves, like he won't be on the roster for opening day.
1: Yeah, uh, that you know, you're correct. That looks like what it is. I mean, I think we've we kind of found that out early in camp that that was a possibility, and so uh, you know, but from what we heard, I guess it's probably not something that's going to be that long.
0: Right. So my group: Sale, Kluber, Beo, Paxton, Pavetta, Whitlock on the IL. I have Hauk in the bullpen. Um, my thoughts there. And, and look, Hauk is still being stretched out as a starter. You know, they're still pretty you know excited about the possibility of him starting, but. I think as we've talked about before, when you look at the guys in this group, you know, they've consistently said they don't want Whitlock to be back in the bullpen no matter what. Sale, not going to be a reliever. Kluber, not going to be a reliever. Bayo, they don't want to move to the bullpen. Paxton is a guy that they've said everything, you know, is so crazy with you know all the things that he has to accomplish to come back, yada, yada, yada. We don't want to add another variable into that and make it seem like, you know, he has to learn how to be a reliever and and, and all that stuff when he's trying to get healthy again. Um, so my guess is that they're not going to screw around with that. That to me leaves at full strength. And I've been writing and saying all along, I wouldn't be surprised to see Nick Pavetta in a bullpen role. I know we've talked about that before for now, I think Help projects to be, uh, in that bullpen group as your long option, who can, you know, obviously set set up in a high leverage place. Um, if need be, I think that opens up kind of the longer, larger question of, you know, the Red Sox want their best young pitchers to be starters long-term. Right. Um, Mm -hmm is how could guy with his repertoire, you know, mainly two pitches, I know the splitters in, in the mix now that you view as a guy who is better served as a reliever in the future. I mean, we saw how dominant he could be as a closer last year. He's been good in both roles, but um, you know, knowing, you know,
1: how young guys progress,
0: where do you see him kind of long-term?
1: Well, one of your people that was in your class, um, a scout girl or what's the name mm-hmm. of her? She is doing great work and she has something on Hauk and being a starter, I believe on her Twitter. And I haven't looked at it yet. So I'm going to say to everybody, you should go look at that, even though I haven't looked at it because she's really smart and knows her stuff. Um, that's you that's know, uh, I mean, Andrea at Scout Girl Report. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, you know, with him, it's like, you know, I think he does have the potential to be, you know, a good starter, Um, you know, one of the things with Hauk has always been, you know, pitch count and, you know, keeping his pitches down and, you know, efficiency, like, you know, not working just three or four innings a game, you know, that dominant innings, you know, you want to get into the five, six range. And so I think that's one of the things I I still think he has the ability to be a good starter. Um, As you said, the splitter is, is become a better pitch for him. Uh, you know, that he can use against lefties. He says he feels a lot more confident with it and, you know, figured out some things in terms of, you know, delivering stuff that with his back issues weren't going well for him in, in, you know, the past year or two. So, um, I think he has the ability to be a starter. Uh, I think that he needs to throw more strikes and get deeper into games. However, uh, they could also view him as a, you know, his ERA is both a starter and relievers in the threes in his career. Mm -hmm. And so he's been very efficient out of the, out of the bullpen. And, you know, with a Whitlock um, being that guy uh, who is going to be in the starting rotation, they might need a guy like him that, you know, that was so valuable for the past two years in in the bullpen. And how has the ability to do that? I know that, you know, of said, well, we haven't determined a role yet, but whatever we want to maximize his innings. And so when you say that, you know, that means like, you know, he's not just gonna pitch one inning. He's not gonna I mean, sometimes he might pitch one inning to set up a game in the eighth inning, but mm-hmm. you know, most of the time he's gonna be used, you know, as a guy that bridges the gap there and, and you know, pitches important innings like Whitlock pitched multiple important innings a game. So um, and then have a couple days off, you know. So I think that's how the ultimately use him but i wouldn't rule out his ability as a starter you know i still think he has that ability yeah i agree with you
0: and and look i think that this is one of those things where we're projecting an opening day roster obviously that evolves over time and we saw in 2021 you know garrett richards and martin perez were uh you know part of the rotation for the first four months and they get bumped out you know once help came back once help was Healthy and back up for the minors. And once sale came back from um, that, that that injury, the Tommy John, we saw last year, you know, the rotation. You know, there's a long time when Whitlock was in it. There was a long time when Hulk was in it. Eventually both were, you know, out of the bullpen and so much flux with uh Bayo and so many guys. So um I think that this is a, a picture that you know changes throughout. Let's get to the bullpen. I, I think we're we're locked into uh some clear. Back end guys that are going to be there. I think let's say if there's eight in this group, pretty safe to say Kenley Jansen, Chris Martin, John Schreiber as your righties, Goelli Rodriguez, Richard Blyer as your lefties. For some reason, uh, the Red Sox have been very adamant, and we've outlined why, uh, both with time Bloom and Brian O'Halloran and some other guys, why Ryan Brager is still on the team. They like him enough to keep him over a lot of pieces like Matt Barnes and other guys they've cut. So, you know. Brian Brazier, we're going to give a spot. So that's your first six. Jansen, Martin, Schreiber, Joely Rodriguez, Blyer, and Brazier. I have Tanner Houck taking up that next spot. Uh, You have Houck in the rotation as of now, assuming that Bayo goes to the IL. That's all kind of saying the same thing. You know, we're probably a week off from each other. I have one last spot. We will give it to friend of the program, Zach Kelly, who I think uh, they were really impressed with down the stretch last year. There's a couple other guys in the mix there. I know you wrote about both of them, uh, or at least you know two guys in the mix during spring training and Caleb Orton, Wyatt Mills. Um, obviously, all those guys have options. They could all come up and be part of the mix throughout. But um, let's say you have Jansen, Martin, Schreiber, Joelli, Blyer, Brazier uh, mixed in. Who are your final two spots going to?
1: I like Kelly right now, but, you know, let's see how he pitches during spring training. I mean, you know, that's not the end all be all um, because, you know, we've seen so many relievers have historically bad spring trainings and just getting prepared. And so it's, it's, you know, but he also has to pitch well in spring training because, you know, he, he is looking for a job here on the opening day roster, whether he has a job on the opening day roster or not, he'll be an impactful reliever at some point. Uh, so I go with him and, you know, I guess I'd, I'd probably go with, with, uh, Caleb Ward right now, just because of the familiarity and, um, you know, they, they like him and it's amazing that he survived, uh, you know, past Matt Barnes being DFA'd and all these guys being DFA'd in the offseason. it was him and, in, in Brazier. So as you said, they like something with them. I talked to Brian O'Halloran and, you know, they, they feel like he has, really good stuff and we did see 100 and 100.7 mile per hour fastball last year at one point in September with him the difference between him having really you know good stuff and having success is that he needs to throw more strikes and you know that's that's what Brian O'Halloran said and so we'll see so like you know let's look at spring training how his command is um how his pitches look so I go with those two right now I guess um you know, Wyatt Mills is another one that they really like his, you know, his potential as a guy that could be, you know, John Schreiberesque. esque you know, he has the same type of delivery, um, you know, he has the same pitch mix, all the same pitches as, as John Schreiber. And, you know, they feel like, as you know, um, that, you know, maybe his pitches and abilities ahead of where John Shriver's was when they got John, when they, you know, acquired john schreiber i think they acquired him through waivers right John mm-hmm. schreiber. yep so like you know I mean this is a guy that was dfa and traded for it, and so he could you know so um you know they look at him as somebody but you know maybe start him out in the you know minor leagues look at some of the advanced stuff and then go from there
0: yeah i think you know when we talked about some of these other guys and those are you know they kept mills Ort. obviously kelly i don't think was a dfa candidate ever but they kept mills and Ort because they have options either guys that can come up and down with the new rules. You can only option a guy five times before you have to expose them to waivers, you know, uh, having guys like that, pretty valuable compared to a guy like Matt Barnes. If you figure you're going to get the same performance or, or close to the same performance, you know, I, I questioned the Matt Barnes move at the time. The big explanation to me was there's flexibility with these guys. So obviously, you know, they see those guys, um, you know, kind of uh, mixing in, I think they do have some other intriguing options, guys with major league experience uh in the minors ryan sheriff is a lefty durbin uh dan altavilla as a guy coming back from tommy john surgery a guy i wanted to talk to in spring training did not get the chance he's a guy who um has been really you know successful and, and overpowering and at times in his career with the mariners and padres so those are a couple of guys i could see you know off the 40-man roster making um a difference or an impact later in the year durbin feltman is still around um there's some other guys who are there uh daniel mosqueda a guy that chad Jennings keeps writing is in the mix uh i'm not sure uh i don't know really anything about him we saw him pitch a couple times i think he started the northeastern game um but the one guy i wanted to touch on here is pretty interesting to me who you know uh you wrote last year was the ace of the red sox staff at one point it's because he was because for about you know six weeks he was the best pitcher on the staff he you know made his spring debut already is cutter crawford um they have the seven starters we talked about. I'd probably put him eighth, Winkowski ninth, and then that trio of you know Mata, Walter, and um, Murphy as the next line of defense at Triple A. Cutter Crawford, uh, his repertoire, obviously we saw it work at times as a starter last year for a stretch there. He was really good, broke down toward the end um, and got shelled. Um, what do you see uh, the future for him? Could he be a guy that you know is out of the bullpen this year? Do you think that they want to keep him? as a starter with the Woo Sox and, and just in another depth option. DraftKings Sportsbook, Boston's hometown sportsbook, will be live soon right here in Massachusetts. Bet local on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home with DraftKings. To celebrate, all new customers will receive up to $200 in bonus bets when you sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook using code RUNDOWN. Soon you'll be able to bet local on money lines, spreads, props, and more with one of America's top-rated sportsbooks, DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and sign up with code RUNDOWN to get up to $200 in bonus bets to use once mobile sports betting hits Massachusetts. That's code RUNDOWN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, call 800-327-5050 or visit helplinema.org to speak with a trained specialist free and confidentially 24-7, 21+. Physically present in Massachusetts. Eligibility restrictions apply, subject to regulatory licensing requirements. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Opt-in required. Bonus issued as free bets. Terms at DraftKings.com/ma.
1: Well, that obviously could be the you know that final guy on the roster as you know bullpen guy. Um, you know, it's what he very- was last year. Very possible that that could happen, especially if he has another good spring training again, like he had last year. I think the problem with him last year, I don't think that, you know, a guy that had had success like he did in the starting rotation, I don't think that just makes him primarily like a starter, you know, the success that he had in starting rotation compared to, you know, not being very good at the beginning of the year in the bullpen. It was his first experience in the bullpen. You know, I interviewed him about that last year when he's having his really good stretch during, you know, late in the season, um, you know, and his, his quote was, you know, starting the year being a reliever, I was getting away from how I pitched. I almost became a thrower. I was just trying to throw the ball hard and produce really good stuff coming out of the bullpen. So I think he learned from that experience. And I think that, you know, if he is asked to be a bullpen guy again, which is very, you know, very likely, I guess, um, because he is a. They look at this guy as, you know, big league arm and somebody that's, you know, knows his stuff, is advanced, you know, beyond his age, I think, as Alex Gore put it in terms of, you know, his knowledge of, you know, stuff. And so um, I think that he needs to pitch like, you know, he pitched, you know, is he pitches a starter, you know, and not try to do anything different. Um, I think that he can have success as a reliever despite you know not having success last year. You know, it kind of like the first time he was and as a reliever in his career, you know, um, minors and majors. So, um, yeah, I mean, I look at him as a guy that that is a good candidate to take that final spot. You know, we'll see how he does his spring training. If he has another spring training like he did, it'll make it hard for them not to pick him. Um, and but again, I think it also with what he showed last year during that really good stretch is, is that they do have a good depth starter, you know, at, at triple a, if they need one. And so they, it would be, you know, it might be wise to keep them stretched out as well.
0: Yeah. And another guy let's touch on very quickly. Uh, Josh Winkowski I want to give a thank you to him last week in the clubhouse. There was a big bug infestation outside the clubhouse. that so we were all walking through I had a massive fly on my collar. I didn't know what was going on. Josh Winkowski noticed it and said hey you got a bug on you and flicked it off me so he's you know that's the highlight of his spring probably so far he's a guy that you obviously you know they have stretched out as a starter at AAA we saw ups and downs for him last year but is he a guy that you think could make an impact this year as well
1: yeah I think that you know it's 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 crazy to think like how many games he started last year it was like 14 or 15 I still Mm -hmm. think that his stuff may play better in, you know, that Garrett Whitlock type role of, you know, relieving, where he's throwing his fastball and getting it up in the high nineties or the mid to high nineties, rather than, you know, as a stretched out starter. You know, and I think his stuff plays probably better as a reliever. Um, it's something that Alex Cora has been asked plenty about. Um, you know, I he didn't he struggled last year as a starter at times. He had some good good stretches. Uh, you know, I think that that's a, a person right there that is going to be interesting to see his progress this year. Um, and I think that he will be used in, in both roles. I think they'll want to see him, you know, in both roles, and they're, you know, they're going to have to see him in both roles just as a depth guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going
0: to be the case with a lot of these guys. So moving on from the pitching side, uh, now the catching situation, which I think, um, you know, is one of the more interesting aspects of this roster uh, as we approach opening day. Uh, I'm going to go with an outside the box solution. I'm going to change what I had on my uh, first roster projection that I wrote right before we get the spring training. It's February 14th, so Valentine's Day roster projection. Nothing says love like a 26 man roster. Uh, here, a couple weeks later, I'm going to change a couple things around. Uh, I had Reese McGuire and Jorge Alfaro making the team. I'm going to. Keep that and carry Connor Wong on my 26 man roster. So I am going to uh, have all three catchers. And here's why Alfaro can be a DH bat and he can also play first base. Uh, maybe Jorge Alfaro to the Red Sox is a better bat than Bobby Dahlbeck. Maybe they view it that way. I'm not saying I've heard that. Dahlbeck has options. It's unclear on Alfaro. Originally, I heard that he does not have an opt-out at the end of camp. That is now kind of up in the air. Red Sox won't confirm because they don't want people knowing if their players have opt-outs at the end of camp, obviously. I have not gotten to the bottom of that great mystery. Um, but there is a chance, at least, that they would lose Alfaro at the end of camp. That obviously is not the case with Dahlbeck, who they can option freely to the minors. So I'm going to go outside the box and say, Reese McGuire and Connor Wong is your main catchers. Jorge Alfaro as a third catcher who can also DH and play first base and give you a bench bat there. So there's your wild and crazy prediction.
1: I think you're you're a psycho. No. Okay. Not uh, just kidding. I mean, it's it's possible, but I think that Sean McAdam brought up a good point to us when we were you know sitting around the Airbnb doing nothing, you know, one night. He, you know, he brought up the fact that you know they don't really have to make a decision on El Faro until you know June first. I mean, we we obviously do that. That, that yeah. Well, I, the what I'm day.
0: saying is there there might be an opt out. I'm trying to figure it out.
1: Oh, you're saying that there there might there not might be? be I I I don't know I haven't confirmed it yet. Oh, uh, I, I get I yeah I guess you just said that I I yeah, yeah okay so Pay if there oh, sorry I was looking at something I, I didn't hear you talking about an opt out, um, but yeah so I guess with El Faro that makes sense if there is an opt out you know before um, opening day like right before the season starts. However, if there is if there isn't, it's not till so June first and then June uh, July first. Then it makes a lot of sense to keep them in the minors, see what you have, you know, with with Wong and and um, in McGuire for a full two months, and then make a decision after that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it and it would it be tough though, like to carry three there with with you know Faro. He said, you know, he's a guy that they can DH play first base, yada yada yada, but. You know, he strikes out a ton and stuff like that, too. Now, I know Bobby Dahlbeck strikes out a ton as well. But so, you know, but Bobby Dahlbeck may give you more flexibility in terms of, you know, in an emergency, if you need a shortstop in a second baseman, too. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I mean... I wouldn't be surprised if they traded Bobby Doll back before the spring training ended. Um, right. But, you know, but, but with that said, um, yeah, that's, that's an interesting archer crunch and sorry for not hearing you say that. I yeah. Been and again,
0: again, that is, that's kind of like, why don't you know, figure
1: that out right now? Let's I've, go. I,
0: I've been trying, trust me. <laughs> uh, like this is something I've asked like five people in the last week and I've gotten a couple no's one. Yes. a maybe, so it's one of those like, I don't really know. Um, and, you know, you shouldn't come on here on a pod and say, I don't know the answer to this question, but, hey, we're being honest. I don't. So I can probably uh, get you that answer really quick. I don't think you can. I'm um, going
1: to I'm going beat you to it.
0: All right, fine. If you can break it, that's great. It's good for the team. But, you know, obviously a lot <laughs> in the Red Sox roster contingent on that little contract clause. We'll move to the infield where we will talk about Bobby Dahlbeck some more. There's five guys locked in. Friston Casas, Christian Arroyo. Kike Hernandez, Rafael Devers, and Justin Turner, I think pretty safely, are there. Adalberto uh, Mondesi, all signs pointing to him being on the injured list for opening day. Trevor Story, obviously, will be on the injured list for opening day. Um, and so I think, you know, there's one more utility spot at this point. It just seems like, you know, by, by the fact they gave Yu Chang a major league deal and he doesn't have options left, he's going to have a spot at least until Mondesi comes back. You know, there's some other off-roster guys that I guess that they could, um, you know, consider if they wanted to DFA Yu Chang, who's not going to be in camp until after the WBC. Uh, there's some guys, and we'll we'll mention them quickly, Nico Goodrum, um, who's a veteran, Emmanuel Valdez, Matthew Lugo, <laughs> David <laughs> Hamilton, Ryan Fitzgerald, Christian Koss. Uh, You know, obviously, there's probably a case to be made for Hamilton or a case to be made for uh, Valdez, I guess, even though he's probably needs some more time. Uh, they Smith, both need more time. They both need more time. So, I mean, is that Yu Chang spot?
1: Yeah. I it's a, I mean we haven't even seen Yu Chang around. No, he's not he's been a four Myers World, yet. Yeah. But, I mean he's been with uh, Taiwan at the World Baseball Classic, you know, mm-hmm. training camp there. So but yeah, I think it's yeah uh, Yu Chang spot um right now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's very difficult to go with like a guy like Hamilton and and Valdez because you know you wanna get them a lot of play, you want to get them a lot of bats at the beginning of the season um you know hamilton's coming off of a season where you know he stole 70 bags but he struggled a little bit offensively right. and you know they made adjustments and stuff like that he did hit well in september and they want to i'm sure they want to see him get consistent at bats and and try to become what he can become offensively you know Uh find himself and it's always better you know i look back at it and like there's guys that have come up in season like you know Will Middlebrooks, you know, for instance, in 2012, and just, you know, was just tearing up Worcester, not Worcester, but Pawtucket at that time. And, mm-hmm. you know, they have so much confidence at that point when they come up, you know, they keep it rolling. And it's more difficult when a guy has never played in the major leagues and, you know, comes up, you know, uh, from day one of the season. I mean, we saw with right. Bradley, he struggled. So, I think that with both those guys, I mean, Valdez is somebody that they like, you know, his, his ability to, um, he's the guy from the Vasquez trade, the Christian Vasquez trade. Obviously, they like his ability to, um, you know, hit. They think he's a really good hitter, um, you know, for power and for, you know, bat to ball skills and stuff like that. And, you know, works counts and yada, yada, yada. But I, I think that they want to see him get regular bats at at Worcester instead of, you know, here and there for the first couple of weeks of the season, you know, right. so. Yeah. And so
0: with that, we, we have Yu Chang and, and obviously that my projection there does not have Dahlbeck on the roster. I agree he's a trade candidate. Obviously he lights it up every year and a um, great fruit league play. I could easily see him, you know, maybe getting a spot on the roster out Al, that Alfaro spot I have could definitely be his. Um, but for now we'll, we'll leave him. Uh, I have him off. Um, and then the last piece of the, the <coughs> roster, I think, is pretty cut and dry. We have I have four spots left for four outfielders. You have your starters and Yoshida, Duvall, and Alex Verdugo, and you have your fourth outfielder in Rob Refsnyder, uh, who I can say finally uh, correctly will make the opening day roster after screwing up a report on that a year ago. Um, those four guys are locked in. I think uh, a couple of guys behind them: Garen Duran, Rymel Tapia, uh, and on some other guys. You know, as we mentioned, Goodrum. Greg Allen, Narciso Crook, and then Rafaela Willier, Abreu. But I think it's safe to say that the the outfield mix will be Yoshida, Duvall, Verdugo, Russ Snyder with Duran and Triple A. Do you think there's any chance Duran cracks the roster?
1: Yeah, there's a chance. I mean, you know, um, you know, d- I mean, I think they look at Duvall as, as the everyday center fielder, but, you know, he could make a nice platoon in there, especially if he has a good camp. I know the Homer the other day, um, he has mm-hmm. made some adjustments in terms of, you know, mechanics and everything. And as we know, his speed, uh, would allow, you know, is good for the new rules and everything with base stealing and all that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that I, you know, I like what you have and everything and, um. But he he does have a chance, obviously.
0: And Toppy is another guy. Wouldn't be shocked if he had an opt out in the deal. Another thing we have not fully confirmed, so that's on the list. Um, on the list of things uh, to monitor. So that's that's my twenty six. Not going to run them all down again. Um, thought it'd be interesting to do it in this format. I think we differed a little bit only on you know you have two relievers in that spot. You have Dahlbeck over Alfaro. Basically, you know, compared to previous years, you know, this might not be as good of a Red Sox team heading in, but I think there's kind of fewer battles at this juncture, which is interesting. Um, obviously things are going to change. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be moves, all that type of stuff before March 30th. We will have it covered all for you on uh masslive.com. Before we go Christmas birthday this week, 39 years old, one year younger than high bloom. So in honor of Christmas birthday, we are going to let you plug and plug away because there's something major to uh, be plugging uh, as you uh, have made us know, let us know on Twitter all week.
1: (laughs) Like, like, I mean, like I've been a bothersome person on Twitter all week considering you with your uh, workshop class tweets it five times a day.
0: That's great. It works. Go ahead. Yeah.
1: So I'm going to tweet as much as you, I I already said to Jim, I'm going, when I said that I was going to promote the book, I said, I'm going to be as much of a pain in the body as Cotillo good yeah us. i wrote a i wrote a fiction book it's t- it took me uh three years and it's finally out and uh it's called what being dead feels like and i think you should buy it um i think it's a great american work um uh great um uh work of american uh novel fiction um <laughs> whatever but um you know well, you can be the you know it's it's difficult to decide what's good and what's not in fiction you know it's it's your taste so i mean i'm gonna it's gonna be the taste of some people not others but we'll see but yeah i i worked pretty hard on it so if you could buy it uh 10 percent is going in charity so uh hopefully it makes some money so that i, I you know i can you know make some money myself and, and charity can make some money and where
0: can the fine people find it chris Matthews?
1: amazon.com right now it's actually on amazon unlimited so uh the kin- the the ebook so i can't for 90 days i have to have it on that um then i can you know vary out if i want i could stay on unlimited or i could vary on out to like you know barnes and nobles and all those google books and all that but right now it's just on amazon both the paperback and the
0: uh ebook well there you go So that's uh, your homework as a Fenway Rundown listener. That's Chris Smith. I'm Chris Cotillo. Appreciate you following along for all of our coverage in spring training. Plenty more to come and a long season ahead.